Welcome back to the Indie Wrestling Corner with another episode of Under the Ropes. I'm your host as always, the queen of the indies, Tiffany. And today I got special guest from for you guys, my good friend, Brad Cashew. How are you? What's up, Tiffany? Good to see you. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this interview for a while. It's funny because I feel like I've been talking about you a lot. So I'm so glad that we can make this interview happen. So looking forward to it. Well, I am a little selective with where I will appear, um, whether podcasts, wrestling and stuff. I don't take on uh, many more commitments unless I'm particularly interested in it. Um, you're somebody I respect. I like, you know, you come to shows, you support us all. So I'm happy to be here uh, and happy to uh, be part of this uh, this show today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited for it. Um, guys, if you're new to the Under the Rope series here, I interview everything independent wrestling, whether it's wrestlers, promoters, referees, backstage. I got you covered. If you guys got any questions for Brad, please feel free. Drop it into the chat. Also, make sure you hit that like button, hit that share button. If you're listening to this later on, I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. So, well, it's it's like you said, like I've been coming up to chaotic um, you know, since the beginning of the year, actually, when JT Dunn uh, came back for a second interview, I wanted him to be my first interview of 2022 and get an update going on with him. And he started talking about chaotic wrestling, uh, which we'll get into deeper later. So that's how like I started coming up to chaotic. I really did not know uh, chaotic really existed uh, with me being in New York and so much wrestling that I support. So but I'm so glad that I found Chaotic Wrestling and I found people like you and I've been focusing a lot on a lot of the Chaotic roster and I'm hoping for a lot more people to come on here. So, um, but we're going to learn about you. So let's go back to basics. So we want to learn, how did you get into professional wrestling? Um, yeah, so I've been involved in pro wrestling uh, for a few years now. Uh, I've been wrestling just about my whole life. Uh, this was a big thing for me when I was growing up. I think I was around 9 or 10 when I decided this is what I wanted to do. Um, I just saw the most successful wrestlers at the time when I was a kid were guys like Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar and um, people who had uh, amateur backgrounds. They were successful high school and college wrestlers, so I was like, there's no ring around here. I can't do this at my school, but what I can do at my school is join the wrestling team there and build up those skills. Uh, and that was super uh, important to me. I, I remember I first, uh, so the, the high school wrestling coach was my PE teacher when I was in seventh grade. Um, so that's where I first started to get introduced to amateur wrestling. Then when I was in ninth grade, that's when I joined the team at my high school, kept up with that all through like my four years of high school uh, from there 
I did like some volunteer assistant coaching and stuff. And then when I was in college, I joined the team there. I was at Boston University. Um, uh, I walked onto the team there. Uh, it was a very competitive program, a difficult team to, to join. Um, uh, I'm super grateful for the, the time that I had there. So I, I wrestled for Boston University, um, Division One NCAA. Uh, it was fantastic. And yeah, I learned so much there. It just helped shape me into the athlete I am, uh, helped me build so much of my like, character and toughness and resiliency. There's so many times now, even when I'm just training or in matches where I'm thinking back to all the training that I put in growing up as an amateur wrestler and how that's helped make me as, as strong and like no encounters and, and flexibility. And uh, it really is something I, I couldn't recommend it more if you are uh, under the age of like 14 and you know you want to be a wrestler when you grow up, sign up for your, your middle school wrestling team, your high school wrestling team, do that. It will make you so, so, so much better prepared um, if you do decide that you want to get in the ring someday. So uh, that was, yeah, that was what things were like for me growing up. Um, I tried going to like pro wrestling when I was still in college. Uh, I was at Boston University. I lived there. I didn't have a car. Uh, but during the summers, uh, I remember, I think it was between like my freshman and sophomore year. And then a couple years after that, uh, I signed up at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. And I knew I could pretty much only do it in the summer just because going to North Andover from Boston is difficult. There's a train that runs, but it's expensive and you got to be on the train schedule and stuff. And while my college was in Boston. It wasn't exactly right next to the train station that takes you up to North Andover. So for me, it was a hell of a commitment just to be able to go back and forth between the two of them. Um, so I did it mostly in the summer. I tried keeping it up during the school year. I can tell you the fall of my sophomore year, uh, I had my whole class schedule baked like on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I would do, I think I had three classes back to back to back. And after that third class, I knew like if as soon as that class is over, I go and hop on the train, I will hop on the subway, I can then take that to North Station and I'd get there just in time to be able to hop on the commuter rail, which would take me up to Lawrence and then I'd walk a mile and then go to the wrestling school and train there and then get walk another mile back to the train station, take that home and I'd be back at my dorm by like 1230 at night. Um, after like I hadn't, you know, I'd be out. I'd leave. I'd leave the room at like 11:30 in the morning and go to all three of my classes and then go to wrestling training and stuff. So um, that was very difficult and not really sustainable. So um, yeah, it was something I knew that I wanted to do by the time I was like done with college. I tried to start it in college as much as I could, but between that and then especially once I was on the wrestling team at BU, it was really just no way to to manage both of those at the same time. So I figured you know what, let me take care of school, let me take care of college wrestling, get all that stuff done while I can and can enjoy it, um, and pro wrestling will be there for me. And it has, and uh, I'm glad I put that time in then, got to have those experiences. I think it's just made me that much better, um, you know, for having waited uh, and made myself more prepared for it. Yeah, no, that's, wow, that's, oh, that's such an awesome story to, like, hear. Uh, I love you, give some love into this chat. Jeff's in the chat. He goes, can't wait to see you Sunday in Dover. Uh, Desmond Cole, what's up? He goes, awesome, awesome dude. So, much love. That's yes. Big, uh, yeah. I mean, he can 
outsmart me at university rules. <laughs> I, I actually, you know what? I will go on record here. I got to give credit where credit's due. I'm a student of the game. Big Bufa, I am not happy that you bested me in a university rules match. For those who are not familiar, up uh, in Limitless Wrestling, I wrestled Desmond Cole, the Big Bufa, yeah. uh, just a couple weeks ago under university rules. You see, I'm not a big fan of the limitless nature of limitless wrestling. I think that they limit wrestling needs limits. Wrestling needs strict rules. So we've been, we've been having all of my matches take place under university rules. And most of my opponents aren't that familiar with it because, let's be real, most of them haven't gone to as prestigious a university as me. But Bufa had a good idea. He took the rule book from my dean. He read through it a little bit at the beginning. He caught a loophole, a small, just, th I'll give credit where it's due. You found a way to best me. You got one up on me. <laughs> I'm impressed by that. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm, I'm frustrated that I lost, but I'm impressed by it. And I think things are not settled between the two of us at Limitless. And I, I actually think someone with, someone with his intellect might actually maybe be a better ally than an enemy. Ooh. But we'll just have to stay posted to that, and we'll see how things develop. Oh, I love that. It was It's funny because that was my first Limitless show that uh, I came to. I've been dying to go to Limitless. It was a bucket list for me even before the pandemic. And then pandemic happened, and I was like, crap. I was like, this isn't happening. I'm not coming up. So I'm so glad that, you know, that I did get to come. Uh, I did the chaotic show, which we're going to get into a little bit. And, you know, I was going to talk about this match also with Desmond Cole. And if anybody, if you're not familiar, you can learn all about him. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. You can check him out. Uh, but that was between you two like this was the match I was most excited for at Limitless and I was like oh I was like and I'm sure you saw my tweet I was like this is the match that you know I'm really excited to watch throughout the whole card and I know like I always throw promoters off because it's always the ones that they don't expect that I would have fond of uh, and I get told this all the time. They're like, I'm surprised, you know, like at certain matches that uh, you like. And I'm like, I like I, what I like. I can tell you're, you're an astute fan who's keeping track. Well, most of the people up in Maine are not too fond of me and yeah. my style. Um, they have to give me respect and credit where credit's due. Right. Um, I have a mass. I was on quite an impressive two-match winning streak uh, before Bufa had bested me um, by understanding my rulebook a little bit better. Um, but... They, the people of Maine like to give me a hard time, but they cannot deny how talented I am, how skilled I am, how learned I am as a competitor. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I am not surprised that you were excited for my match. I was. I'm not surprised. Oh. Well, I don't think that the main fans would admit it. They were probably very excited for it, too. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I don't know. I, I personally, I have a, a thing I like. I like heels in matches in a lot of promotions. So, you know, yep. so, uh, I mean, I, again, like I said, I'm a fan, but see, I'm a biased fan. So I like, I like what I like. So, and then when I start seeing uh, people that I'm fans of working with other uh, talent that I'm a fan of it gets me even more excited so again like that was that was fun I'm glad that I got to witness that one in person um, so let's go back to this because again like obviously we talked about like I've seen you a bunch of times in person um, but for the fan that's tuning into this podcast 
never seen you wrestle before. You know, like, again, I have my own opinions of matches that I've liked you in. But what is the, in your opinion, is the match that they should go check out to become an instant fan of you? Whew. So I'd say one thing about me uh, in terms of if you want to check out a match, I am, I said this at the beginning, I'm selective with where I wrestle. Um, I don't really, I'm not really hitting the road a ton. I don't really go to shows to just like, hey, uh, if there's a spot open, you think you can fit me in? Like, I value my time to like train and prepare and recover. Um, and I like to focus more on like a smaller amount of matches so that I can really give my all there. That being said, look up anything I do. I'll put my name on and I'm proud of all my work. So if you want to check out in chaotic, I've, uh, I wrestled Brian Johnson and Tuxbury last week. Um, prior to that, I main evented the two shows before that. Uh, I've wrestled a lot of, uh, different people in limitless. Um, I've had a lot of people that have, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh. You're good. Sorry, You're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, I've wrestled a lot of people that have had very long careers and been on TV and limitless. Um, I, uh, drop a few names of, of, I wrestled Gangrel just uh, not too long ago. Uh, Fandango, Scotty too hotty. Um, I've been in chaotic since I've started. Uh, in addition to that, I, I've wrestled. Uh, I wrestled for Lucky Pro Wrestling, Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Um, I was over in England for a little while. Uh, like last summer, yeah, it's been about a year now. Uh, I wrestled for LDN for about a week. Um, so yeah, I I don't really get out a ton. Uh, I'll I like to. For me, the ideal is if I have one show on a weekend because then I can really focus in on that match and you know throw my all into it and I don't have to worry about like if I'm getting hurt or banged up of it affecting like the next day or, or you know feeling the effects of a match before so yeah I'll put my name on anything I do I don't mail it in I work hard every time I'm out there and I'm proud of what I do so I was we'll watch anything I was really curious like why I'm not seeing you a lot more places than you pick so I'm glad like you brought that up because like me personally like again like obviously big fan of you I like my brain just like goes to like oh I want to see this match or I want to see this one versus this one again like you and Desmond Cole it was like oh you know again be like biased and of course like a bunch of names pop into my head when I see your style um and I'm shouting out Austin Luke because this is someone one of the H2O students and you guys have such a similar style and you know I was like damn I was like why is he not everywhere? So now you answered like one of my questions of why, like, you know, you're not like traveling around and, you know, being so and I totally respect that. I totally get that. So, oh, maybe, maybe hopefully I could uh, get Austin Luke to come up your way, maybe like, and, uh, you know, get into the ring. So I would love to see that, you know, match with you too, because of the similar styles. So um, I'm not particularly familiar with him, but mm -hmm. tell him like, legitimately, I don't know if he wrestles up in the Northeast, but he wants to make a weekend of it. And even like, uh, stay up. So one other thing that I value about not having as many matches is it allows me to spend more time training. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do take my training very seriously, even though I'm actively wrestling and on shows. Uh, I, I'll put my name on this. I attend more classes at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy than any other active student. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll say that's been true ever since I came back to wrestling, uh, I think, in 
it was the start of 2019. Uh, I have always been at least three or four days a week of training. Um, even if I'm just coming in and, and getting a lift in or getting in the ring and just doing some open ring, uh, I am constantly at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. I am actually there right now as we're filming this. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm happy even if you know we don't get a chance to have a match on a show come in and do a training session, just spar. Let's hop in the ring and just, you know, see what everybody's got. Like I, I really value that time as well. It lets me be a little bit more creative. Um, you know, uh, you don't have to deal with like timing and, or, or just like, you know, you only have about, you know, 10 minutes in a match or something like that. It's like, no dude, I can go for like 45 minutes without a break and then grab water and then do it for another 45 minutes. So, um, yeah, I train all the time. We got class Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Um, I don't own the place, but I'm sure you talk to Chase or Scott. They'll tell you how much it costs to drop in. And, yeah. you know, I'm happy anytime. Anytime. It's always cool to get in there with somebody new. Yeah, it's funny because, like, uh, you know, you know, I'm, a, I'm big, very big into the H2O, which is Matt Tremont's promotion over in, you know, South Jersey. And those students are great. And one of the things that I like about it is that each student has a different style, that it's not all the same, which I've talked about with many wrestlers on this podcast that you'll see like certain schools, like you'll see the trainer in each of the wrestlers where I feel like that's the difference of H2O. And that's why I was thinking like Austin Luke or even like um, um Reed Walker with you because again like I said the similar styles who they have been coming up to wrestling open a lot and I'm going to shout out um, uh, Big Red also too and I've been telling him I was like you need to come up I was like you need to come up I was like you need to see the New England scene I was like it's hot I was like you you definitely even to like come train at the chaotic you know at the New England school uh, even for like a day I told them that they should come up so hopefully one day if they're listening shout out to you yeah, guys actually had a <laughs> During um, pandemic, there was a, like a New York car that would come almost every Saturday. There was a time where we had uh, uh, during pandemic, we actually do two classes a day on Saturdays. There was like a like early afternoon class that was more like beginner focused and then one that was more advanced focused at like six o'clock or so. But we'd have like a, a New York car come with like five people and like a Jersey car with, mm -hmm. with some more people and they just go and like make a whole day of it. I mean, that was like pandemic time because yeah. there weren't really like shows or anything right. so people are just like well what else are we going to do might as well come in yeah um, that's awesome yeah it was that was, it was great again just getting to be in there with different people um so yeah no it's 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 awesome especially like i don't know if people are doing a wrestling open and it's thursday find a place to crash and you know hang out maybe there's a chaotic show the next day check yeah. that out on friday go to class saturday morning and then you know hit the road get back to whatever else you're booked for yeah um yeah I, I hope so i hope so like i said those, those kids like they drop it or i'll go bust their chops and tell them to like come take a ride with me or whatever um sky what's up she goes sorry late almost 1 30 a.m here thank you for tuning in here she's uh you know a uh, trainee in uk learning uh the ropes of everything so hey. i know she's take a little break right now but i hope to uh see you training again soon um, and Captain Dave's in the chat. What's going on? Uh, so I do want to talk about the New England uh, Academy because I actually did get to go, uh, you know, the Saturday after the, well, 
the day of limitless so i did pop by mm. for a little bit i wanted to come visit which it's such a beautiful school uh so i definitely wanted to come check that out and see for myself and uh just watching like just for like i think i was there for like two hours just like hanging out just like watching and i was like wow it was like you know and i've been to other schools before i've sat in and i've watched people train and you know it's it's amazing to see you know what you guys you know do and i am very fortunate and you know it means a lot to me that i'm able to see that where i know like a lot of fans can't do that uh so thank you for everybody who's done that you know allowing me to do that so but yeah talk to us about that because i know you also help like train other students you know like talk to us a little more deeper about the school yeah so i don't i am not a trainer at the new england wrestling academy i've heard right. from many people very <laughs> much removed from school like telling me that i'm a trainer at the school that okay. i attend and i'm not so uh <laughs> for anyone out there that is under the impression that i train at the new, new england pro wrestling academy i do not yeah. however what is true is what i said earlier i've attended more classes since uh i've been like all in on this than anyone uh like i mean chase Chase Del Monte owns the school and right. is the head trainer and runs the majority of classes. He's the only person who has been in the building more often and for longer periods of time than me. Um, I train as much as I possibly can. Uh, I'm, like I said, three or four days a week for the past like three or four years. I, because of that, as people kind of come in and out, I know where everyone's skill level is because I see everybody when they're training. Mm -hmm. I know who are the people that have just like signed up in a couple months and they're kind of picking up on things. Well, um, I'm pretty much, I am almost always everyone's first class match. Um, as soon as they get ready to have a match, uh, I'll be their very first person that they'll go with. Um, I've had that with tons of people, um, that have, you know, made it onto chaotic and, and so on. Um, I'm not like a trainer. I'm, I'd say I'm more of just like a, like if, if anybody's done sports and you know, like kind of the team captain or like one of the upperclassmen who's like, they're not a coach. They're not like running the practice or anything like that, but it's somebody you can kind of look to and see like, all right, what should I be doing right now? Let me just watch that guy. And part of that is also like a consequence of, um, like something I think is kind of, uh, I don't say it, it's not a negative because what I'm saying is like, it's a very positive thing for a lot of people that were in wrestling, but um, the sort of like generation right before me of the people who would be like, maybe the like seven or eight year veterans who had been around for a little bit and like really active in the Indies. Mm -hmm. A lot of those guys right before like pandemic and stuff, that was when WWE was like, let's sign literally everyone that like, like, let's just, you know, anybody who's like good on the indies, let's get them under contract and give them a shot. Right. And then even though they've been like firing people like left and right now, like AEW is signing a ton of people and that crop that would have been around and sort of like main eventing a lot of the indie shows, a lot of them kind of moved on and it left a little bit of a gap which has been great from an opportunity perspective i love the fact that i was able to main event like two of the most recent chaotic shows and it's it's helped me you know be able to get more spots uh and be able to like rise up and it's helped a lot of other people like rise up um but it also means that even though i'm only three or four years in at a given night of training i might be the most experienced student which in like a wrestling perspective is kind of, you know, you'd want like some people that are more like six, seven years in and have a few more experiences. Um, 
you know, I, I think I've, I've seen a lot. I've gone like overseas and I've, I've worked a lot of different kinds of matches and, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot, but I'm still, I still consider myself green. There's a lot more I have to learn. I will always be a student of the game. Like, um, you know, so I, I, I love it whenever there's other veterans that'll stop in, like when AG's in the area and he'll he'll stop by and, and help things out of class. Sometimes JT Dunn will make the trip up from Rhode Island, mm-hmm. um, and he'll he'll be around to help for a day. Um, but yeah, it's it's something I I wish we had a little bit more of. Um, as much as I do, I love helping the younger people that are coming in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of just like out of a necessity. Like, I mean, I, if I go to three or four days of training a week and somebody's brand new and they're struggling how to figure out how to run the ropes, like I can definitely help them with that. Right. Um, you know, show them how to take different basic holds and things like that. So it's something like, uh, I mean, I am also a little bit like of, of the people that are sort of my generation um, of like, we're all kind of breaking into shows at the same time. I'm a little, I'm a little bit older um, and I do have like background in coaching so like i do know how to teach movements to people um but yeah it's it's i'm not an official trainer in any way (laughs) it's just kind of like chase is the only one there and there's like 14 people and we're trying to do a couple things i might you know be able to couple take a couple people aside and help them out and you know i also like you know hanging out after class and if people have things that they want to try and work on um i usually have a bunch of stuff i want to try and work on so Mm -hmm. i'll always grab people and and you know put them in a new submission i'm trying to figure out or something like that yeah i think i think that's why like you know maybe some people look at you like as a trainer because i've heard it with other like uh you know schools where you know maybe they've been at the school for years and then they help like train and like you know even just like you helping out like a new student coming in here like they'll look at you like oh well you are kind of like helping train me so i think that's like where maybe that's why you hear it um a lot and like you said you have the background in in coaching uh you know uh the students you know um you know because i want to also talk about the last uh chaotic show um you know at the excel academy which was so important for you where you and alec price you know main evented uh you know and all the kids and it was it was such a cool moment and like me even like with my camera clipping you know like little spots and putting it on social media it was really a cool moment to watch all the kids like cheering you on like coach like it, it was really a cool experience so like yeah. i watch you yeah i want you to like relive that for us and like tell everybody like how important that was for you and having the students there sitting cheering you on you main eventing you know in boston yeah that was big for me so uh we hosted the boston brawl at excel academy charter high school in east boston massachusetts i worked there as a teacher for uh, four years. Uh, I also started a wrestling team there. I am still the head varsity wrestling coach. Uh, we're in our sixth year of existence uh, of that wrestling team. So, um, yeah, it's I, I built that whole program up from scratch. I actually, when I joined that school, it was only the second year of the high school had even existed. So everything was brand new. They didn't really even like they they had sports, but it was all they're just trying to set different kinds of cultures and start up everything at once and figure everything out. So um, I really built that wrestling team totally from scratch. And it's it's a pretty small school. It's only about 600 or so kids in total across all four grades. And none of them came in with any background in wrestling. It's not like 
you know, with other sports, if they have like, you know, youth soccer or little league or things like that, where, you know, you get to high school and kids are thinking like, oh yeah, I know this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm letting them know that like, Hey, high school wrestling is a thing. You can do this. This is, this is cool. You should check it out. Um, but it's, it's been really successful. Um, that, that program so far, again, like we started from nothing. Uh, we've always had like good recruiting and get a lot of kids to come just try it out. Um, we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of at a point now where we've like my goal for the team in the first five years was to just like establish a culture, have everyone be like, know what wrestling is and know that it's, it's something worth their time and something that they want to do. And it's something that'll help make them a better person. And it, the reason I say like kind of first five years is that's the point where right now is sort of the first year where my seniors joined the team when they were freshmen and there were upperclassmen that they kind of saw and wanted to aspire to be. So um, we're now kind of into that generation and I'm looking at, all right, now we're here, we're established. Let's start like taking it to the next level. Let's start getting some guys like competitive for like state championships and stuff like that. And just, just rising up our, our overall level of ability. Now, Boston itself doesn't have a ton of opportunities for youth wrestling. Um, there's been a lot of like programs and clubs and stuff that have tried to start up, but nothing that's been at like a really elite level and or at least like a competitive enough level to, you know, where my my students goals are. So this event actually was uh, the chaotic show. The Boston Brawl was 100 percent a fundraiser for the wrestling team. So it was a coordination. I worked closely with uh, our athletic director at the school and with um, the owners of chaotic. And so we sort of worked it out where we get the building and know that it's going to be a donation. So we're saving some money on the like having to rent the venue and making sure we can get the time and know the students will be able to come. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of facilitation of different donations. Uh, what we're trying to do is, uh, be able to take the whole team to a weekend wrestling camp at the start of the summer. Um, there's like some college coaches there, some really high level college wrestlers uh, that they'll do a lot, uh, you know, just have a lot of good to learn from. So I'm excited for that. Those things are expensive though. And to be able to take like a whole team for it is difficult. So, uh, the, you know, it was, I, I'm very grateful to Chaotic for being able to just do the show and being willing to, to donate the proceeds to it. I'm grateful <laughs> to the, the school, Excel, being willing to host pro wrestling at the school um, and help, you know, support this program. So uh, we did we did pretty well. Uh, we still have like some more fundraising to go. Uh, so if anyone wants to PayPal me or anything, feel free. I'll put it all toward that because I got a, I got a little bit more to do. Just DM me and I'll, I'll let you know uh, where you can send stuff. But yeah, so it was it was great. It was really, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that the, the students were able to see it. Uh, it's been kind of a I've never hid the fact that I'm a pro wrestler from my high school wrestlers. Yeah, uh, I think they found out a, a few years ago. I know also didn't really advertise it. It just at some point, I think it was like one of one of the seniors who had graduated I had like, like, so a lot of them, I 
have their numbers in my phone for things like if it's like, like we got a 6 a.m. bus and somebody's running late. I got a text like, Are, did you wake up yet? And stuff like that. So <laughs> I think it was like some kid had it as an Instagram suggestion based off of like having me as a contact. And then it sort of like just spread throughout the ah. school. Um, <laughs> and but yeah, no, it, it's fun even like during the wrestling season, some of the like more competitive matches that I had occurred like during the wrestling season. Like I think the day of, uh, the day of pandemonium, which is one of chaotic bigger shows of the year. It's like a seven person gauntlet. And I was in there first. So I wrestled for like 30 something minutes, um, before I got eliminated in that. And that was the same day as like a wrestling meet where I was coaching all day in the morning and, um, yeah, during the winter, it gets kind of crazy because I'm, I'm off somewhere coaching all morning and then I'll leave right from there to get to a show or something like that. So, um, but yeah, you know, I'd always, always tell the kids what I'm doing. If anything, uh, anything fun comes up or, or anything like that. And sometimes I'll hit a move for a kid, you know? Um, but yeah, so it was great to be able to do that show there and just have them all like be able to show up and go crazy. And, you know, for all of them, it was their first time ever being at any pro wrestling show. So, uh, you know, they and, and they weren't just, you know, hyped to see me. They were crazy all night yeah. long and deciding who they liked and wanted to get behind. So mm-hmm. uh, that's one of my favorite kind of crowds to, to wrestle in front of is when they're sort of like new, but they're like up for it. Right. Um, those are really some right. of the best ones. It was funny because, like, I love Alec Price. Uh, you know, again, he's been on this podcast. You guys should know the name by now also. But, like, I love – and I've talked about this with numerous people, another podcaster, The Struggles. We talked about him for a little bit. And we were saying how he's so good at his character. And on, on this Boston Brawl that, like, he played into the kids the entire match. Like, he just – fed for the heat and it was great and it was hysterical for me to watch you know like this is hysterical him just like played on the kids there's very like you know sometimes we say like characters and stuff there's one thing that like i respect about alec and it's something i hold true to myself too like people can say character yeah but it's like that's that's him so the truth is alec price is from east boston and he went east boston high school which is kind of like a rival of the Excel Academy school. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, they're both high schools in the same neighborhood of Boston and different kids go to different schools. The Easty High has been around a lot longer. It's a neighborhood school, it's a bigger school. The Excel school just opened in the past like 10 years. Um, and so there is a natural built-in rivalry there. Yeah. So when he's just talking about, you know, he's saying like he doesn't roll with the wolves, he rolls with the Jets. That's legitimately he's, you know, he was he was a Jet with yeah. with Easty High. Um, so that's it, it. It was that's that's all real. Yeah, There's nothing it, there that like just making it up and like lying to people. It's it's you know that's it just coincides. Just yeah, it just there. It was, so. it was great. <laughs> And if anybody wants to watch that, that's coming on Tuesday on the t- the Chaotic Twitch channel. So definitely watch it. Really good show. I mean, you should, wa- should watch the ball. Boston, lots of good stuff on that show. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. Started with a ladder match, Ricky Smokes and Mortar. That was big. Um, all up and down. Tons of stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of. I don't want to say debuts, but some newer people getting some like opportunities there. Just. Fantastic show. Check us out on Twitch. Uh, Chaotic Wrestling's. I, I don't know. I think it's just Twitch 
twitch.tv slash chaotic wrestling go check it out just just go into twitch put chaotic wrestling it'll come right up you know like i'm always pushing it on twitter on social media too so you can like follow that so really really good um fun show yeah they have a list of a couple upcoming shows on twitch so definitely check that out jeff said the energy at boston brawl was amazing johnny what's up in the chat how are you thanks for coming on in so um so we did talk about Desmond Call because I was going to talk about Limitless. Is there anything else like particular that you want to bring up about like Limitless? I'm so glad like I found Limitless. Shout out to John Alba because he's the reason how I found Limitless. And like I said, I finally got to come up there. And let me just say this about Limitless. The crowd should be the crowd at every promotion that I walk into. Because when you have a dead crowd, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> like... Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me because up in Maine, there is not much else to do. So when they get to see someone like me come to their town, they're just like, I, I'd be excited too. Because if I had to live up there and just, you know, like be bored all the time, be like, oh, there's wrestling happening. I'm definitely going to go check that out. <laughs> it's so good. It was like, I was like, wow. I said, they're really, somebody tweeted that at me. I was like, if I could go to Limitless and they responded back, they're like, the energy is like no other. And I was like, yup. I was like, this is where you need to be. I was like, the, the fans go in. The fans go in. And that's like my favorite Kaiga crowd to uh be around but yeah so much great people on the roster uh is there anybody maybe caught your eye that you'd like to get in the ring with at limitless hmm well i mean the the top of course everyone's goal should always be the champion i think i especially having started to build such a, a strong win streak in limitless i think i should be due for a championship match sometime soon I got to finish some of my business with Desmond Cole. I have some other people that I have some some business to settle. Uh, but I think uh, I, I'd love to wrestle Alec up there and, you know, lighten his gear bag a little bit by taking that title from him. So I'd be happy to do that. Uh, I haven't wrestled Anthony Green in a very long time. We've only met. We've been in a few multi-man matches together. Our only singles match was back in my very first year of wrestling so i'd like to get in with him definitely um i'd I'd really like to wrestle big beef at some point i think he's uh he's a very formidable opponent he's like strong as hell and and, like you you have to respect the hell out of his toughness dude damn near like broke his leg and and he's back the next show just to compete against jake something who's you know incredibly like impressive competitor in his own right um, so I think like a, having a challenge like like beef uh, would be something that would make me have to you know step my game up and think a little bit more about what I'd have to do. Um, there's some people that have have since moved on that I, I wish I was in a little bit earlier for. I was able to be in the ring with Lee Moriarty for just a little bit. We were in a fatal four way. Um, he's someone I'd like to have a full length match with at some point. Um, again, just I always like to push myself, see what more I I can figure out. Um, someone like him that is as, as like crafty and, and nuanced and knows that technique as well as he does. Um, that's someone I'd really like to, to test my metal against. Oh. 
That'd be good. I like that about AEW, too, is that they let a lot of, um, you know, the talent also venture back into the indies, too. I've seen so many uh, through so many promotions, like, step into the ring, which is which is so great. So, hey, you never know, right? Like, you might be able to have that one-on-one more sooner than later than you think. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, definitely a great promotion. But, you know, we, we keep talking about the New England scene. You know, it's so hot. It's it, it really is. So how about as a whole? OK, because like we were talking about, like, limitless. Let's talk as a, as a whole, because, again, there are so many great promotions. We got Russell Open. We got Beyond. You know, there, there's probably so many still that I'm not even aware of. I went up to Supernova one day. Uh, I know it's like a brand new promotion that uh, came about in Massachusetts. So. You know, with that being said, you know, is there anybody, you know, caught your eye? You're like, damn, like, we need we need to go. We, we need to have this match, like, soon. This is a good question. Um, looking uh, beyond, like, New England and stuff, uh, I, like, I have gotten a little bit. I've been able to get over to England. Uh, I was able to get out to Las Vegas. I wrestled uh, out in FSW about a year ago, mm-hmm. um, which was nice. Um as, as far as some names, I think uh, I had one just a second ago. Um, so I actually, one person who was on my list for a while and I got to wrestle them recently was Brian Johnson. So he was in Ring of Honor for a while. Um, someone who, for him, I think some of the great things about Brian Johnson is if you watch his matches, you're not really going to get as much of a like, oh, there, that's something you can make into a GIF. Or like that's something that's going to be like a cool five second clip from it. Right. But everything he does looks good. It's so tight. It's crisp. His technique is good. Uh, he's very, he's a very like intelligent wrestler too. His strategy is on point. And that's something that I, I respect and aspire to to achieve as well. So he's somebody who'd been on my list for for a long time. I was really glad I was able to have that match with him. Um, I think too. Yeah, with uh, you know, Ring of Honor, like closing down there's a lot of like names that are now out into the indies yeah. and it's as you saying like it's great that AEW allows people to get out there um yeah there's uh i'd say yeah brian johnson was a big one for me i'm also just open you know come check me out everybody <laughs> anyone wants to invite me in like you know that's why I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna send Austin Luke your way. I am like I'm gonna send him your way because again I I need this to happen. I do this a lot on the podcast, and a lot of times when I throw things out on a podcast, it usually happens. Um, so I'm gonna push this because like he's very big into the Ring of Honor style, you know, like uh, you you just see it. I I just really think that you guys would have like a really good match. So even if it doesn't happen at like a chaotic or you know or an H two O like even coming up to the new england school like i'm, I'm coming with my camera <laughs> because i need to see this i need i need i need this so <laughs> so we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens but um so another interesting thing i want to talk to you about and i know i talked to you about this off air i want to talk about making gear and i know i've said it on the podcast with numerous people they haven't actually had a gear maker on this podcast so uh i need to make that happen on the podcast so I've heard like you make your own gear and you've made gear for other people too. Can you give us a little bit like entailed, like, you know, how you started doing this? Like, you know, what's your inspiration? Give us a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was growing up, 
I think it was one of those like WWE documentary things about the Hardy Boys, and Matt Hardy talked about how he taught himself how to make gear so that he wouldn't have to pay for it. Um, so when I was getting into it, I heard from people how expensive custom gear can be, and I thought, well, I'm smart and I'm artistic and I'm good at teaching myself stuff, so why don't I try to teach myself how to sew? I had never done any sort of sewing before, but about two months into starting up my wrestling training, I bought a sewing machine. That was my commitment to say, if I buy this and put down like a hundred or so bucks on this, I need to commit to teaching myself how to do it. So uh, I read a lot of stuff. YouTube tutorials are super helpful. Um, and just playing around, practicing, trial and error, guess and check, all of that. I taught myself how to sew started by just making like gear for me but as i'd talk with people especially people that were kind of at the school and more student level and also just kind of coming up at the time um of like wanting some gear that was like you know i don't want to shell out a few hundred on something that'll have a name that like maybe i'll maybe i'll want to go by a different name in a few months anyway mm -hmm. but you know i could do them a favor and say like hey if you just pay for the materials I'm still just kind of teaching myself let me play around with it and see what I can do so um, I started just like that making things for my friends and making stuff for myself I was also always trying to like try new things and, and stuff like I've, I've always worn trunks so that was the first thing I made it's by far the easiest because the least amount of material um, then making like biker shorts for people and then moved on to like long tights and singlets I made like some of like almost everything up to this point um, and I've also just learned a lot more and been able to produce higher quality stuff. So after about, you know, three and a half, four years of making gear, I've I've really built up a reputation where now I'll get messages from people that I don't even really know and just kind of spread through word of mouth. Wow. So, um, yeah, at this point, I've probably made well over 100 different sets of gear for people, um, you know, full sets. I have a my system like at my house is now like intense my own little personal studio i just think of like man if i knew when i was getting started how much stuff i'd wind up needing and like just the amount of like tools that i have and stuff to keep track of like if i knew what it would have kind of turned into i don't know if i would have gotten started <laughs> with it i thought getting it was like i buy a sewing machine a couple spools of thread and then like swing by Joanne Fabrics and buy like, I don't know, like some little spandex and I'm good to go. But like the amount of fabric that I have at my house and just like like different special scissors and then this thing. And I've also like, I've built a lot of my own tools for things. Like I made a whole like thing that helps like thread a, a drawstring through like for, for the waistband so someone can tie it. Mm -hmm. um, I've made like other, th other things cause like some kinds of the fabric that I, I work with like bunch up a lot. So I have ways to help it like glide a little more smoothly. Um, and yeah, I try to like learn from people whenever I see somebody's got like their own nice gear custom gear I'll, I'll like ask hey can i look at that like look at the stitching and just you know try to see, see what i can figure out to like reverse engineer um i'll put over uh delmi exo of the sea stars mm -hmm. is also somebody who does a lot of sewing and making gear so she and i almost anytime we're at a show together we'll talk about stuff like she's kind of turned me on to like some things and like different like stuff you can buy that helps make parts of it easier so um, it's cool to be able to talk with somebody else that has that, you know, interest. And for me, like I, I do genuinely like doing it. There's so much in my life that's very like 
heady and intellectual and you really have to like think super hard and sewing is actually okay I, I say this now that i'm like good at it and know what i'm doing mm-hmm. it's really relaxing it is not relaxing your first six months when the thread <laughs> keeps breaking and stuff bunches up and everything's horrible. Mm-hmm. But like now that I know what the hell I'm doing, it's yeah. very smooth and I can just sort of, you know, I'll put on a podcast or music or something like that or a show and just I can sit and sew for like, you know, hours. Uh, and it's at the end, like I've, I've always had like an artistic like slants uh, to me, like growing up. My, my mom actually went to school for art. Um, she wound up transitioning to something else later on, but like, uh, so we always had a lot of art stuff growing up. I always loved those kinds of like projects in school where you got to make something like make a poster, make something different. And so I've, I've always had that kind of in me. Uh, I'd never done it with clothing or fabric or really ever wanted to. It's been very like practical and utilitarian. I'm right. not like into fashion at all, but I can, you know, come up with like, designs and stitch letters on a spandex and make it look halfway decent so um yeah that's something I've, I've really enjoyed doing um and uh yeah i'm actually working now so it's it's gotten to a point kind of like the reputation and word of mouth stuff has like spread and a lot of people are interested and uh i thought like it's kind of good time to maybe take a step up and be a little bit more professional mm-hmm. so uh i'm hoping in the next like few weeks month or so uh, to start up my own little business with that. Uh, I'm actually already on Twitter and Instagram. If you look for Bump and Stitch, that is the name of my gear making business is Bump and Stitch. I was hoping to have a website uh, up as soon, like I'm dealing with like a issues with the hosting provider and stuff right now. So trying to get that all squared away, but hopefully our site will be live really soon. Um, so you can check out my gallery of, um, it's not everything I've made. Like I said, I've made probably like around a hundred different pieces of gear for myself and like other people in total. Um, but I have like a gallery of some stuff that I did and, um, a few different like samples, a way to contact me and reach out if you're someone who's interested in gear. Um, so that's something I'm like looking forward to kind of taking off. Cause at this point, it, like I said, it had just been word of mouth. I'll get like a text from a random number and be like, Hey, is this cashew? I'm like, yes. <laughs> It is like, oh, so and so told me that you make gear. They gave me your number, and like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I've got like three things lined up this week, but you know, if yours isn't urgent, I can, you know, figure out when I need to buy some new fabric for you or whatever. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, that's something I'm like looking forward to. It's, uh, you know, um, I know a lot of like gear making and stuff can get expensive, and right. like for me, a big thing that I'm like huge on is communication. Whenever I'm making something for somebody it'll be like so if if you ever wanted me to make your gear you will know when i'm working on it because i'll i will text you not like incessantly but just sort of like hey i know you said you wanted red and white here are three different reds that i have i could use any of these or i'll show like some things like you could i could order this one this one and this one if you want these they're like, I want this lettering on like the back or something mm-hmm. like that. Be like, you have a font in mind. If they do, then like I can say, okay, I can make this work. Or if they don't, like, all right, you want something that's kind of this style, like maybe you want like a cursive thing. Here's one, two, three. Which one do you like the best? Do you want it this big? Do you want it a little smaller? Um, you know, it, it it gets to a point like I don't want I don't want people to be unsatisfied with whatever 
gets produced. So I just kind of check in when it's time to make like, you know, this is a big stylistic or design decision. You know, what do you think about it? I've actually had, I've, I've uh, done a good amount of like alterations mm-hmm. of gear that people have gotten from other like sources that wow. probably paid way more than I would have charged them. But like come to me and be like, hey, this font of my name looks like something you'd have on like the bulletin board of a kindergarten classroom. <laughs> like I want to look badass. Like can you be like, okay, I can do, I can do new lettering for you. Or like sometimes something doesn't like fit correctly or maybe stuff comes loose like um or you know people also just like change in sizes a lot of wrestlers if if you you know maybe you were bigger and you've like lost some weight or something like that you got some old gear i can you know help get you some more mileage on it um you know little fixes sometimes like stuff just comes undone or rips or whatever so i've done a lot of fixes and stuff like that too all that's usually like pretty easy but yeah it's it's like helpful to just you know, know some of that stuff. I've always got like a few things, even when I'm at shows, I've got like a few different kinds of like special scissors and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's something I like, I take pride in and it's been really fun. I've gotten to know people better and just sort of what they're interested in. So yeah, if you're, you're interested, definitely feel free to reach out to me. Um, hopefully I have a website soon once the internet figures itself out. Um, but um, I'm open for business. Bump and stitch, baby. Oh, man, that's fascinating. Like, I literally just built the, I made up the social media for it Mm -hmm. on Monday. So I've got, like, a couple posts of some stuff. Uh, I put, like, an example of some stuff I made for, like, Ricky Smokes Mm -hmm. and for Mortar. Um, The two of them I've, like, so the the three of us all like came up together we were all like beginners at the same time we got on shows at the same time um aside from myself there's no one i've made more gear for than ricky smokes and mortar Mm -hmm. um almost all of their gear is also stuff that i've made um and it's kind of cool when we look back at uh like just how much better we've all gotten in every way like as as wrestlers as people we're all in like better shape now we're all like better in the ring and everyone's gear looks better because I've gotten better at how to make all this stuff. Yeah. So, well, um, Cold Fury the, was one where yeah. all the use, and, and it was funny because Dom was the one that actually told yeah. me that you made all the gear for all three of you. Yeah. Never mind the fact that the chemistry yeah. that you guys got in the ring, uh, like the gear. Yeah. So that's why it's like, you know, I wanted to talk about this because I, I do. I find this so fascinating. Like, it's really, it's really, really it's interesting. Both of them have very different styles for like what, like who they are and how they wrestle and also their look and, and all of that. So it's like, it's fun. To, like, I love making gear for Mortar. He's nice. it just like his, uh, and I, I'll say this too, with both of them, we're at a point where like, you know, I said like, I, I check in with people and text and stuff like that and check in on fonts. Right. For the two of them, it'll even be like, like, they'll tell me like a vague idea and I'll have, or I might even go to them and be like, yo, I saw this like fabric that I actually think like would work super well for you. And, and like, it's now just like total trust. Like I know what they like, they know what like I do and and can do well. And, um, yeah, once it's, you know, we've made a bunch of gear, it can just be like, I was talking with Ricky the other day and it was just like, yeah, I kind of need some new stuff. And I was like, gotcha, bro. (laughs) Like that'll kind of be it. And I'll, I'll make him some things and, and, 
everything will be cool. I love that. I love that. So, so uh, thank you for sharing that. Like, I really, oh, hey, I hope a bunch of people come at you and actually for make their gear too, because that, that is just that's great. Is there, is there a particular gear that's like your absolute favorite? You finished it and you're like, damn, like, this is like my best gear that I did. Um, so I think, uh, the most recent ones, I, I'll go back to both Rick and Mortar again. Yeah. Um, the ones I made for Mortar that match the Brick City Boys, so it has like red and yellow with mm -hmm. it too. I was, again, just kind of experimenting with some new fabric. I used a different base. Um, I really liked how those ones came out for him. Uh, he was super happy with them too. And uh, then, so a funny story for Ricky's... Uh, the gear that Ricky Smokes wears the most are his, like, white trunks that mm -hmm. have the, like, Smoke Show Supreme logo on yeah. the butt, and then mm -hmm. it has, like, RS on the front. Mm -hmm. So when I made those, the material I used for that is, uh, like, white pleather that's really versatile. Uh, I like that fabric a lot um, because it's white, but it also doesn't really, like, stain or show dirt. I've seen from a lot of other people, like, if you get white gear, looks real good the first time, and then... It just like it'll show like sweat and like dirt and like debris from stuff that had been in the ring so um that white pleather that i have holds really well um and it, it lasts the thing though is it doesn't have the best stretch to it mm -hmm. and when i first made those trunks for him and i did it all out and i like sewed on the logo and that smoke show logo took a very long time of just getting that to be exactly right the the red fabric on there was something that like also isn't that like smooth so that was like difficult to work with and there's so many just it's a very like intricate like you have to, I have to do each of those letters uh, and go around so that took such a long time just to cut it out and stitch it on and, and have that ready to go mm -hmm. and then when he tried it on did not fit oh, it wow. was like the front of like uh the trunks was just like too narrow mm -hmm. so like when that doesn't stretch, like, the very private part of Ricky's anatomy that was supposed to be shielded by those trunks that could not be covered because I didn't, I didn't account for the amount of space that he needed there for this material that wouldn't stretch. So I, like, took it. I didn't want to start the whole thing over because I just put that whole goddamn logo on the back of it. Right. And I was, like, so I sort of, like, like I came up with, like, a spacer and tried to, like, I hope this can work and come out all right and was able to like give him enough room for his manhood in the front there. And, uh, I was like, it's, I wish I had a second shot at this one to come out. But after the fix, he put it on fit perfectly. Mm -hmm. He's had them for like a year now. They're still in really good shape. Uh, he wears them like all the time. Mm -hmm. So like that one I'm super proud of because it's a really minimalist design. It's really like sleek and simple. It's only two colors, um, but you know he he wants all his gear to be like red, white, and gold mostly. So that one is hitting the red and white. Um, I love when you have a simplistic minimalist design that just looks good yeah. without needing to be overly intricate. As much as I do love doing like an intricate design too, and something that's like creative, when you get something that's just like sleek and it hits, and then especially have that durability that like, dude, he's probably worn those for at least like 25, 30 matches, and I haven't had to do a single like touch up alteration. Like he hasn't even told me there's like a loose thread or anything like that. Wow. So um, that one I'm super proud of, um, especially that it's like still lasted and still good. And yeah. like, 
Like, he's still wearing those all the time. Yeah, I always see him wearing those. They're nice. They're really, really nice. Oh, that's so exciting. Like, it's just, uh, again, a little, little known fact about you that, uh, you know, people might not know. But that's really, that's really, really cool. Uh, let's do this question from Dom. So he wants to talk about the little talk show segment that you used to do. He wants to know yeah. what was oh. the meaning behind it. <laughs> the meaning behind it it was a talk show so <laughs> wanted to interview some people find a you know starting out early on uh you it's harder it's hard to break in once you get in and i've the attitude i've always had is i just need people to get eyes on me and then i'm good mm-hmm. it's like i know if i get the chance i will deliver so um this one i actually have to give the credit to anthony green he came up with the name and the idea. Uh, he was booking his like zero one Northeast USA, whatever. Um, he insists the name was probably even longer than that, but uh, he wanted to do like a talk show segment, and he thought like that I'd be someone good for it. Just just knowing me in, in person, I I've always been really comfortable talking uh, and being on the mic and being in front of people. So uh, that was something he saw in me and just thought shine through from my training or whatever. Maybe he just thought the name was funny and wanted me to do it for that. But he was like, I want to do a talk show. You're going to be the host. It's going to be called In a Nutshell. Uh, and I'm like, I like that. <laughs> I, can, I can play with that. So then I started filming some of my own stuff where I just like, I did a lot of stuff with like Ricky and Mortar when we were coming up and we do little like, you know, talk show segments. I did some with like, like Tyler Cintron and, uh, and did just a few of those on my own. Um, I did get to do one in ring on one of uh, the zero one USA Northeast whatever shows out in Gardner. Uh, I interviewed uh, Cintron, Sydney Bacabella, and Paris Van Dale all in that one segment. So, uh, but that that was great. I, I loved that he like had enough faith in me to to trust me to do something like that. <laughs> That's fun. Did bite him. You know, came back to bite him. We went way too long. He thought it was gonna be like five minutes, and then it took us like fifteen to just. <laughs> do everything so you know jokes on you ag you get for trusting me with a microphone <laughs> that's but, fun. Yeah, that was actually i think that was the first time that was the first time i think any promoter said like hey here's a microphone go uh go make something happen um it's something like i really value i like the fact that where i am now People let me talk all the time, uh, which is great. I love any chance I get to get on the mic and be in front of the people. But like at Limitless, I almost always have a chance to address the people of Maine. Uh, I've been able to to speak to the chaotic people for the past few shows. Uh, something that was actually very valuable was when I was in England, I was always like just they structured their shows a lot differently. There aren't as many matches. So they really wanted people to be able to talk. And I was like, oh, this is this is great. I just I get to try out different stuff. We go to a different time. They also like didn't film things. So there wasn't like pressure of oh, if I mess up or something like that. I I, I look back at my time in England with such like gratitude of just being able to like try stuff out and hone some different things. I started working on my crowd work. That was the first time when I was out in England where I'm just like, I know that I'm going to get on the microphone and speak to the people for three to five minutes before this match. I'm going to go out without any idea of what I'm going to say. Let me just kind of like see what finds me. What do the people yell at me? What's, you know, something I'll see from somebody in the crowd and just be able to be interactive with it. 
and you really don't get those kinds of opportunities um like too often so I'm, I'm grateful i've had that and and you know i've been able to build up enough of a reputation where you know almost everyone that books me now is you know just either they'll come to me and be like hey you know before your match can you can you get on the mic can you like you know help set the stage for what we're doing here and absolutely happy to do that so um yeah now i'm you know i'm someone who can who can talk almost anywhere that i go that's awesome that's so great thanks for sharing that uh, let's do a fun question that's very dear to my heart onto this podcast, Wrestling with Positivity. I mean, there's so much negative in the world of wrestling. I like to focus on the positive. Uh, so is there anything that... Barry. What? Is this the question? Like, who's, who do I have? Like, who do you want to see me bury? No, Just we're like, not burying anybody. No, we're not burying anybody. Who, who are the people that I hate the most <laughs> in wrestling? Who's due to just get thrown under the bus? No. <laughs> Okay, you're going a different way. <laughs> We're going a different way. We're not burying okay. anybody. <laughs> there was actually tell us. I'll, let me tell a quick story before we <laughs> get into that. Okay. Actually, I was very, very new in the business. Like my first few months, one of the like popular podcasts at the time was more of just like a talking shit, bury people kind of podcast. Right. I was actually mentioned a couple times as, and granted, I was less than six months in the business at the time one of the questions was like who do you hate the most oh in wrestling God. i was named in that as like someone who said that they hate me more than anyone in wrestling um i had oh people God. like criticizing like my work and saying oh that that cashew doesn't really have enough personality when he wrestles and like i've been wrestling for three months <laughs> and i do have personality <laughs> I just don't have that many opportunities to show it yet. Oh my but, god! Uh, yeah, so that that was what I came up in. Oh but... my, fans, Go ahead. fans, so who, are... Who fans are cruel, man. Like fans are, people are cruel. No, I'm not cruel. I like to talk about good things. So, with that being said, with my wrestling with positivity, is there anything that you could share with us that maybe something a fan's done for you, maybe something you've done for a fan, maybe something a wrestler's done for you, maybe something you've done for a wrestler, anything? and you know that we wouldn't normally see but that you could share with us yeah uh i'll i got a couple uh so uh i'd say for fans those of you if you come to shows and whether you've got your own camera or you're just taking pictures on your phone i love when fans just have awesome pictures and post them after shows and tag me in them um i have so much like gratitude for all like ringside photographers and people that come in and, and take really high quality photos um it's something that I'm, I'm so grateful for those are a piece of advice i got from uh someone who'd been in the business for a very long time was uh it was actually at a seminar someone asked do you have any regrets and he was like i wish i took more pictures there's a lot of memories and stuff i like that i, I wish i just had more pictures of so fans that take pictures, thank you all so much. Uh, I love getting any picture, any like you know artwork or anything like that. Uh, anything you guys create, I always I I value that so much. Some of the best photos that I've had of me have just been you know random things a fan catches uh, at the right moment. So yeah, keep bringing your cameras, keep bringing your phones, all that stuff. Uh, so hugely appreciated. Um, I can't say enough positive things about people that, that come and take photos. 
Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, it's important. It gets brought up on this podcast a lot because of the fact that, again, I do get to do backstage at a lot of different promotions. Um, and then I've had those messages from wrestlers, like literally, like I'll leave a promotion. They're like, Tiff, can, did you catch this? And I'm like, can I get home? <laughs> I was like, can I get home first before before I put everything on the Internet or whatever? And or like it wasn't caught or the camera broke or something died or whatever so i get a lot of those and uh actually desmond cole and me were talking about it on the podcast and he was and that's how kind of me and him started talking because he wrestled i found him at uh sean henderson's show at h2o and he wrestled ryan um big red and uh i was putting a bunch of clips kind of like what i do for you guys you know like i put a bunch of clips of your matches and he was like yeah he was like i saw that you were posting all of that and i was like everybody's important everybody's important to wrestling uh putting you know putting these clips over that's how i find a lot of wrestlers too if i don't go to promotions i scroll through social and maybe something cool happens so but i always say make moments right like take those photos tag the wrestlers or you know whoever it's very very important so keep doing that thing um so what are some things you like to do when you're not in the squared circle? I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty all in and busy. So, uh, I mean, I like sewing is one of those things. It's a good, like downtime thing for me. Um, gives me a chance to be like creative, um, and, you know, produce something, create some art. So I'm big into that. Uh, I'm big into like, history and and reading and, and learning of like lifelong learner always things I can like learn more about and grow from um, I'm big on when I'm like sewing uh, there's a lot of like you know history related podcasts that I'll put on that I'm really into um, I'll give a shout out to the noisier podcast series they have one called short history of where it's like 45 minutes uh, into like one topic uh, they have another one called real dictators which they do like a deep dive into um, like tyrants and people like you know dictators from history they did a cool one they did a recent one on julius caesar um it was like a three-part series so for there you get a lot more detail because they like go you know a few episodes you get like two or three hours of content uh and you know just kind of telling the story of, of somebody from history um so yeah that, that's something that i like uh you know like everybody who's serious about wrestling i do love working out um i also try to take like an analytical approach to my workouts as well. Um, I learned a lot when I was at BU, um, just in the wrestling program, we had professional strength and conditioning coaches. And I wasn't somebody that was just like, you know, you give me the workout, I go and do it. Like I would hang out in the weight room with the strength coaches and be like, Hey, I see when you built the program, you did, we had this paired with this and you like, what's this like activating here? What was like, I, I really tried to learn as much as I could from that. Uh, I do a lot of studying of different workout programs and routines. I'm, I'm building new stuff for myself all the time. I build stuff for my high school kids as well. Uh, and just, you know, play around with some different things as far as, as far as different workout methods are concerned. Um, yeah, those are, those are a few big things. Uh, I've recently, uh, started getting into, I don't want to say started getting into, but like I've, uh, I taught myself a lot of programming. So I did a little bit of programming in Java when I was in college, uh, when I was still 
a high school teacher. I transitioned from like teaching chemistry to computer science, which is I taught myself like a, a programming language, just trying to help me with some other things. So uh, I love things that are like mathematical types of problem solving. So uh, I've learned a few programming languages at this point. I've built up like different websites and different projects and online games and stuff like that. So uh, that's something that, you know, I'm, you know, working on is my new day job uh, is doing more computer programming, but it's something like I do enjoy and it started as a, more of a hobby to begin with. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's cool. Okay. So I got two final questions for you. If anybody else has anything, please feel free to drop it into the chat. So we're pretty much like halfway <laughs> of 2022. So is there any goals that you have to, that you would like to meet by the end of the year? Hmm. I think uh, it's vague. Like I'm, I'm not somebody that sets as much of landmark. Like I need to win this championship. I need to have this number of matches. I need to wrestle for this promotion or anything like that. Um, my motivation for wrestling has always been far more internal and satisfying myself. I'm kind of indifferent to like external sorts of. I don't need anyone else's approval, um, but I also know I'm going to be a tougher critic on myself than anyone else could be. I want to, for the rest of 2022, continue to evolve, improve, grow, learn, and be better. Uh, I aspire to be able to deliver in whatever spot I'm in, whether I'm the main event, the first match on the show, um, whether I'm working with uh, somebody who's been wrestling for 30 years and they've been on TV or wrestling with somebody who's having their very first match. Um, uh, I'd like new challenges. If I just, if I stay stagnant, I'm going to get bored and this ain't going to be fun anymore. So I'd, I'd love to do a few different kinds of match types. I'd like to wrestle different kinds of opponents. Um, I, I like to just continue to learn, evolve, grow from, uh, you know, grow, uh, I'd like to get stronger. I'd like to like diversify aspects of my move set. I'd like to be able to wrestle with different kinds of strategies going in. Uh, there's so much more that I can learn and make crisper. Um, there's a lot of striking stuff I know that I can improve. Um, my ground game is really strong, but I think there's there's ways that I can make it even stronger and make it a real difference maker in my matches. So um, I'd say my goals are just to continue to get better and that's something that a lot of people might say as a lazy way to like dodge the question, but to attest to the fact that, you know, I've, I have the most solid spot in chaotic, like outside of, you know, Davey and JT Dunn and the people who like own the place, but I'm still going to train three or four days a week and I'll still be a class. I'm a class more than the people that are trying to break onto shows. Um, I push myself harder than, you know, people that have like higher external goals than me, people that are trying to win every company's heavyweight championship or try to get signed by this company or anything like that. I'm like, dude, I work harder than most people do. And my goals are all just, I need to be able to look at myself in the mirror at the end of the day and feel proud of the person looking back at me. And I just got to keep doing what I need to do to keep that up. 
Okay, okay. So we'll we'll see how the rest of the year goes for you. I'm excited. Uh, so I always like to leave off on a really positive note on uh, every interview that I do because, again, you know, uh, there's people that tune in that are training to get to, you know, the point that they can get in ring or, you know, maybe they're thinking about, you know, becoming a wrestler. So what's a piece of advice that you would give those, you know, inspired or amateur wrestlers out there? Um seek multiple perspectives if you just listen to like one trainer or two trainers or something then you mostly kind of wind up parroting or like mimicking exactly what they think try to find people that can even contradict each other or have different viewpoints uh some of the best advice that i've gotten in wrestling wasn't even really advice uh like sometimes I'll ask like a veteran or somebody that I respect or somebody that's like really good at wrestling for their opinion or their take. And it's something that totally contradicts what I've heard in another perspective. And then I have to like tease out, well, wrestling's a lot of different things to a lot of different people. What's each one of these voices bringing to the table and, you know, filtering through their own opinions so I can take like, okay, so this piece of that applies well in my situation. That part maybe doesn't. Um, this is something that's probably good universally. Uh, this person is talking out of their ass and is just an egomaniac that wants to hear themselves speak. And this person had some good ideas there. So I take feedback from anybody and everybody. Uh, it's something I value from a lot of, uh, a lot of the best workers that I know <laughs> will ask people for feedback even when be like like you're asking me for feedback or like you're asking that kid who's only been here for like six months for feedback but um i think you want to hear from a lot of different sources and that doesn't mean listen to everyone and do whatever they say you still got to have your own compass and know what's important to you and you know have your own set of values but it's really good to hear what other people are thinking about things because even if not everything they say is going to be applicable to your situation, there's probably a couple things that'll make you think a little bit more critically about whatever it is that you were doing. I think, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, just listening to this, like I'm thinking about Sky. you know, Sky, uh, if she's still listening, I don't know if she went to bed because it was late in UK, um, you know, but I was just like thinking about her and like you saying all this, and this is actually like one of, the, you know, a lot of people say a lot of the same things, you know, but what you just said is probably like a first that's happened on this podcast. And I think that she would benefit massively um, with that because I know she likes a lot of feedback, uh, just even her posting videos of her training and everything like that. So she looks for, the advice and of course you get the negative and then you get the positive or you know whatever and you know a lot of people they get very sensitive uh but it's very interesting to hear that so i hope sky if you're listening to this back if you're still listening to us you know like that uh you know you take that into note so thank you thank you for that um so let's talk about uh what's it called uh, the next chaotic show. I have it here this uh, Sunday. I wish I was coming. I had already bought tickets for Beyond. Uh, so, but I will watch back on. Uh, <laughs> I will watch back on Twitch when it airs. So I have the flyer up for you guys. So definitely check this out. June twelfth, tag yeah. team lethal lottery. This is awesome. Like I'm sad that I can't come yeah. to this. So this is uh, Dover, New Hampshire, the Dover Elks Lodge. Um, we've only done one show there, but they have a long history uh, going back to uh, the 
there was a, a promotion that used to run in New Hampshire called WFA that their lineage and history is is now very much part of like chaotic history and a lot of guys that have come through there. So a lot of trainers and veterans that wound up being really successful and chaotic originally came from the WFA lineage. Uh, so the head trainer at their school there was Steve Bradley. Um, he was somebody he wound up being in, in WWE developmental for a long time. He's someone who's almost universally respected for like the quality of his work. Um, and people like to this day speak incredibly highly of him as a trainer and just a worker. So a lot of the like, just, I don't know, like some of the best wrestlers in new England came from Steve Bradley and are part of his like coaching tree. And a lot of them wound up going on to be in chaotic, uh, and then wind up being part of the, at the time was the chaotic training center before it became the new England pro wrestling Academy. Um, and made it to the chaotic roster and, and have been around. So WFA ran the Dover building for a very long time and they had a very like proud history there. Um, and it's, it's awesome that we're able to, um, you know, be able to go to that building in that town and dude, New Hampshire was a ghost town for, I don't want to say ghost town. It was a ghost state for pro wrestling for a very long time. Uh, and it's awesome that we're able to kind of get up there. Um, and give the give the fans in that area uh, a good show. We've been in Dover once before, um, a few months ago. The crowd was super hot. It was it was awesome to have them there. Um, the building's really cool. Um, I really dig that place. I dig the New Hampshire fans. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm super excited for this tag team lethal lottery. Hope my name gets called and I hope I got a good partner because <laughs> I want to take those belts from the unit, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah we'll see we'll see i'm definitely gonna watch it back uh when it airs on twitch so you know good luck to you with that i hope you get a good partner and uh you know then maybe uh we'll see maybe we see some new gold going on here so bring bring home the gold right <laughs> so tell everybody again like where they can follow you on social media so they can support you and all that fun stuff yeah, absolutely. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram, both at it's cashew time, all one word, I T S C A S H E W <laughs> time. So it's cashew time, all one word. You can get that on Twitter and Instagram. Um, my DMs are open, I think. Sometimes on some of them, it doesn't come through, or it's like, I think it's like the message request, whatever. Yeah. Send me a DM if. Uh, if you want to donate to my high school wrestling team, we're still trying to raise uh, a little bit of money for the next uh, couple weeks. So uh, any little bit is helpful and much appreciated. If you want to keep up with the gear that I am producing, uh, you can follow the very new, very fledgling bump and stitch accounts. That's bump, B-U-M-P, and, A-N-D, stitch, S-T-I-T-C-H, so Bump and Stitch, that's also on both Twitter and Instagram. I am hoping that bumpandstitch.com will be live as soon as possible. Um, I will definitely put it out on my social media when you can go there and check out some more of the stuff. But I'm, I'm hoping over the next like few weeks uh, and month or so to just sort of show all the things that I've made for the past few years and then keep people posted as uh, I continue to get more requests and, and new things coming in. So check me out at It's Cashew Time or at bump and stitch uh, if you want to see the gear that i make 
Awesome. All those links are in the description below. If you're a little lazy, you can click them down there. I got you covered in that sense. But definitely go check out Brad. Definitely go support him at Chaotic or Limitless when he's there. I mean, it's fun. So I hope to come up back up to Limitless. Somebody be <laughs> toward me in that Limitless crowd. I got, he's got one fan that's going <laughs> to possibly, yeah. uh, you know, not boo him. <laughs> I'll be that one, saw fan. one. Oh no, that was a guy at a chaotic show. There was a guy I saw at a chaotic show that had a, a, a Boston University like pullover. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Terry. <laughs> and I was like, I saw him later, like intermission. He was like walking by. I'm like, go Terriers. And he comes over. Oh, I, <laughs> I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. Nobody in the state of Maine went to my school. So. <laughs> well, I got you covered if I come back up again. I mean, that's a, that's a hike for me. So uh, I don't know. You're a beautiful state, and there are some very nice people there. But man, if only your crowds could just be a little bit nicer to me, then I wouldn't have to be so mean back to you. Just saying, <laughs> what goes around comes around. Ooh. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much for coming on, chatting with us a little bit. I really appreciate it. Can't wait to see you in the ring again soon. So I'll be back up at Chaotic hopefully sooner than later. So with the gas prices going up, it's just. <laughs> crazy but i will be supporting on twitch obviously if uh when i don't come up so i'm always in the chat talking so but uh yeah so make sure you're following the chaotic twitch channel as well so um yeah so thanks again brad for coming on here and chatting with us but guys Get on. Having me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your questions. Thanks for all the support, even the people that are listening later. I love you very much. I'll be back next week with some more interviews for you guys. So with that being said, stay safe, support independent wrestling, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night.